Warning, this podcast contains heavy spoilers for not just one movie, but entire franchises. We highly recommend going and watching these movies before listening to us as a companion piece that stitches all the timelines into one creepy, crime-ridden story. There will be no more spoiler warnings. We do not break character. After this, there is no turning back. You've been warned. Hit the music. <laughs> you are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! I don't know about you, but this was my introduction to Bigfoot. Harry and Henderson's. Yeah. yeah. I know today we're not really talking about Bigfoot, but there's it's not too far off from it. A variation. We'll get to that later. How long until we get done with copyright laws? I better turn this off. 30 seconds? Or 35 shit. Hello and welcome to It's Alive and High podcast. This is a true crime paranormal interstellar podcast covering unbelievable stories that sound like they were ripped straight from the pages of a Hollywood script. I'm your host, the man of many names, the outlaw Harley Ray, the bruiser Bronson, Dr. H.R. Smokenstein, THC, or you can call me Josh for short. And with me as always is my very own Scream Queen, the perfect combination of beauty and brains, the brightest Smokenstein, the India Howard, the expert, the guts and gore, the gorgeous, the sexy Amy Rose. Hey. Whew. Out of breath. Always. <laughs> After doing that. Like I said, every week I do that fresh. That's straight off. I, I, I don't record that and just replay it. Fair enough. You usually get it in one as well. I usually get it in usually one. Usually get it. <laughs> All right. I made a mistake again. What? Well, obviously, we said we had technical difficulties. Uh-huh. We had a few technical difficulties, so we had to re-record this episode. So we're doing it now. It's going up a bit late, but we gave you our Bigfoot episode of Real Monsters from Patreon for 24 hours to kind of make up for it so sorry if you got to listen to if you if you're listening to this and you didn't know then you missed the bigfoot episode and you gotta pay the five bucks yep. <laughs> people might be asking why in god's name did i decide to put bigfoot on the schedule for valentine's week and i will tell you that was a scheduling mistake by me <laughs> bigfoot was supposed to be last i don't know what was going through my head when i was doing the scheduling sometimes i do this where my logic is okay in my head at the time i don't know why not i felt in real like life. <laughs> i i don't know i must have looked at the calendar wrong and just worked out that next wednesday was closer to valentine's day than this wednesday which was stupid because that valentine's day was wednesday yeah. mm-hmm. i know good job so Next week, we will be doing a story that is more based... Well, it's not really. It's absolutely nothing romantic about next week's story. It's disgusting. <laughs> but it was uh, more... Why are we, were we doing it for Valentine's Day? Still? Because it was more about... I mean, like in Real Monsters next week, we're doing Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Which is a big one. Yeah. So if you're ever going to spend your five bucks, Jeffrey Dahmer, we're doing him next week and we're going to spend a bit of time with Dahmer. We've done some of the other big ones like BTK. And so I try to save some of the big ones. I know Bundy will turn up sometime this year on that. But obviously we try and find two comparing killers between this and our Patreon show. So if you look at Dahmer's story, it is a very tragic kind of story. 
you know, and it was more of his want of a. Well, actually, it was his want of a weird sex zombie yeah, slave. Yeah. But, but in his own weird way, it was him wanting a partner and not being able to have it. But then mm. he wanted a partner in his own very specific psychopathic very way. Very specific <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. Which is why he yeah. became an absolute raving lunatic psychopathic serial killer. And this other story that we're going to talk about next week will be kind of similar. But so that is why Bigfoot, for some reason, is our Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> well, not Bigfoot. It's actually not Bigfoot at Folk all. Monster. It's the Falk Monster. Falk Monster. I and the Legend of Boggy name. Creek. I forgot about that. Falk or Falk? Huh? Falk or Falk? I think it's Falk. Falk, Falk Monster. Okay. Falk Monster. I would. I, I, I'm sure the Bigfoots or Big Feet, they, uh, they, they have Valentine's Day. I wonder what they give each other. They give each other nice presents. Sticks. Big slippers. Branches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, girl. the big fluffy man slippers. I got a fucking badass ring off of Amy this week with the tree of life on it. And it's fucking cool as fuck for Valentine's Day. I really love it. Is it better than your dog, though? That's it. Amy got me a cool little dog. I've always, always, always wanted a little British bulldog, but they're expensive. Mm. And uh, at, uh, at the moment, I can't spend a thousand euro on a dog that I want. And when I do get the dog, it will be called Chewbacca and we'll be best friends. Chewy for short, obviously. But uh, it'll go everywhere with me. And Aww. I want this dog. I, I'm like Elmira here from fucking uh, Tiny Toons. <laughs> I'll hug it and pet it and squeeze it and feed it. <laughs> but uh, for the time being, since I cannot afford to spend a thousand euro on a dog, Amy has gotten me this little uh, stuffed He's animal cute. toy. And he is. And I've decided to call him Freddy. Why? After Freddy Prince. Oh, with the head, the dog in the back and his head and it goes up and down and up and down <laughs> and down. See, people will be wondering now, Freddie Prince, like, what the fuck, the Scooby-Doo guy, why are you naming him after that? No. I'm talking about Freddie Prince. That's Freddie Prince Jr. We're talking about his dad here. Mm. And I think he is one of the most underrated comedians he I was have funny. ever heard in my yeah. life. I think the tragedy of it there is we didn't get enough of him. Because mm-hmm. there's, if you look at Freddie Prince Jr., you see, a, you'll get a lot. Or not Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie, Freddie Prince. Prince. Freddie Prince Jr. is half Puerto Rican. Yeah. His dad was Puerto Rican. Well, his dad was half Puerto Rican, half German, I believe. He claimed to be Hungarian, so oh, he did, yeah. because he wanted to make the joke that he was Hungarian. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but he was, I think, he was actually German. It was the the other side. He oh, yeah. But um, he was an extremely funny comic who got really, really famous, really, really young. I am really fast. Like he was yeah. uh, like 19. I think he was like like 18 when Johnny Carson had him but on the show. That's it. There is a bit of over. animosity towards him, wasn't there? Because but, of how famous he got so fast. Yeah, in they the say that scene. he did. The other comics who were still struggling felt he didn't pay his yeah. dues because he got on the Johnny Carson show. And it's in the sad, the dark side of comedy. Mm. Uh, they're fucking, they, they talk about it. And apparently, like, he wasn't set to go on that night on Johnny Carson. He was there. He had been booked. Yeah. But when the the guy that did the booking wasn't the same as the guy who who set up the show. So okay. the guy who kind of was running the show, the director of the show, yeah. basically went back to meet Freddie and shook his hand and then saw that he was Puerto Rican and came out in front of the whole audience and in front of all the, the camera crew and all the crew working there and started screaming at the booker. And he was like, what the fuck did you book him for? Johnny's not going to want that Puerto Rican on his show. And uh, what happened was Sammy Davis Jr. was on the show that night. And for some reason, him and Johnny Carson ran out of stuff to talk about. Mm. And it's a live show. Yeah. Like the late like, show or whatever. Fluff it up like, yeah. And they, they, they needed, they had fucking time to kill now. So there was yeah. 10 minutes there. Yeah. And 
they let Freddie go out and do his set. And Freddie was so good that, like, apparently it, it, the, the comedian said back, back then, it was like the equivalent of winning an Oscar for a comedian. If Carson was, like, it was like, yeah. if Johnny Carson clapped and, and gave you a good draw and gave you the thumbs up, it was like, you did good. Yeah. But if Johnny Carson fucking started to, to put, you know, uh, how, what would you say like beckon beckon you like over that. his fingers yeah. like like wave you over to him yeah that was like winning an Oscar because that Ooh. meant Johnny was going to give you time and Johnny liked you and now everybody was going to know who you are yeah. and like almost directly after Johnny called um, Freddie over yeah Freddie ends up landing a TV show called Chico on the Man that was a good TV Which, show it's a brilliant yeah. TV show it goes for three seasons he's in two mm-hmm. and then unfortunately like I said th- th- this is a horror story in itself yeah Freddie couldn't handle the fame so young I mean he was like 19 he is on talk shows constantly he's doing like you know he's on the comedy tour uh, the loop constantly mm-hmm. he's got his own peers looking down at him because he didn't pay his dues and telling him he got lucky yeah yeah he then got in trouble because on chico and the man he was playing a mexican character even though he was puerto rican so the mexican started firing back at him telling mm-hmm. him that he was jumping cultural appropriation it's the 70s as well yeah. so and, and they were going hard on him so he's like he's confused because he's like he's this young kid and he's like but we're all latino well what's the problem i am not portraying you in a bad life i'm yeah. trying to portray it but they said they were making too many stereotypes okay. so he's getting this pressure from the mexican pop the latino population yeah he's getting pr- uh, pressure from his own peers so he starts hanging out with the higher up stars because he's becoming a superstar he starts hanging out with superstars mm. but now you have this 19 year old 20 year old kid who's hanging out with fucking superstars with their major voices so now suddenly he's being introduced to cocaine and quaaludes and he's up and he's down and they figured out later on in after his death which yeah. happened extremely young that he had um a lot of mental health issues that yeah. weren't being addressed because mm-hmm. his family after Freddie Prince died mm-hmm. his family successfully mm-hmm. sued his doctor and psychiatrist it was settled out of court yeah. but, but um, they sued him because they said he's, he died of suicide they said that he um, that they, they, they were over prescribing him the quaaludes which was true. I other comedian friends had said like that Freddie could go away to Vegas for the weekend and come back with like a jar, a huge jar yeah. full of quaaludes. Like, <clears throat> but um, uh, essentially, they said that they they weren't paying attention to him because like the night he died, he had he had settled down a little bit when Freddie Prince Jr. was born, and he was like the woman uh, Freddie Prince's Jr.'s mother was like the love of his life. Yeah, and she had kind of settled him a little bit, but then he started to kick up again. He was you know drinking drugs he was supposed to be extremely unpredictable because of his mental health issues so he had a gun and he'd like start kind of messing playing russian roulette in front of friends to 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 scare him Mm. um but uh, apparently the night he died he was only 21 years of age and he was like a superstar yeah and it was the second he just finished shooting his last episode of the second season of chico and the man Mm. and he went home and his assistant was with him and um she was he was like you know hey i'm not happy i'm down all this and he was telling her you're feeling bad so she stayed there and she rang for his doctor to come Mm. uh, his psychiatrist and Mm. the psychiatrist came over and then she asked is it okay for me to go home 
And uh, he was like, yeah, 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 you can go. And she went away. And she said, well, as soon as she got home, her phone was ringing. And she answered the phone. And she said it was uh, Freddie. Freddie. And yeah. she was like, um, what's wrong, Freddie? He's like, I'm lonely. I was like, but is the doctor with you? And she was like, no, as soon as you went, he left. And she was like, okay, I'm on my way back over. But then she, right, he's... I don't know, the marketing manager or something, some sort of yeah. other manager that he had rang in uh, in the meantime saying he had gotten a disturbing call from Freddie and he was living closer to him so he'd go over and he'd check on him and she said she'd be on the way in the meantime. Yeah. But she said um, before she could leave the house she got a phone call again from the manager and he was pretty much crying on the phone saying he did it. He did it. He's he said, gone. The manager came over, he was talking to Freddie for a minute, he walked out of the room and the next thing, bang, he heard the gone. shot and walked in and Freddie was dead. Fucking hell. And I think Freddie Prince Jr. was only maybe one or two years old at the time. That's sad. And they say, like, he was crazy about Freddie Prince Jr. And, like, mm. you know, that he, he, was, he was probably enjoying that. Was the thing that was killing him was that his wife was threatening to leave him and take Freddie Prince Jr. away from him. Which would probably. To try and shock him into yeah. getting sober. Yeah. But it did the opposite because of his mental health issues. It drove him deeper into depression, mm-hmm. causing him to fucking ramp up his drug use, causing him to become worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse so it actually backfired and it wasn't her fault no she did it wasn't her any fault proper yeah, mother would do. I oh mean, definitely jesus christ if one parent is out of control you need you kids out kids out of that yeah. but i mean when he shot himself he didn't actually die straight away he was in on a coma life support for I, I think it was a couple of a day or two but even at that point like to prove that she was never going to leave him like she even said it to the doctor she was like i don't care if he has to leave here a vegetable I'm i will take care of him for the rest of my life just make him live yeah and the eventually they had to just make the decision to pull the plug yeah and i think he was 22 tops at the time of his death jesus but all that survives now is there's a lot of you get a lot of five minute kind of clips of him mm-hmm. but it's the same jokes over and over again yeah Do you know him doing loops of like chat shows and stuff there's one really really good um comedy special he did it's about a half an hour it's called looking good Mm. and that's on spotify and youtube and he's in two out of the three seasons of chico on the man and because he's not in the third season of chico, chico on the man there is a lot of fucking sad episodes of the third season of chico yeah on the man. i remember them when the man finally accepts chico's death in the third season it's a fucking tough episode to watch mm. like you know they're doing flashbacks of freddie prince and it, they hadn't acknowledged freddie prince's death yeah. up until that point so it was like halfway through the third season before they finally kind of said Chico's actually because like the, the kind of new kid that had taken his place was asking and then he finally turned on and was like what happened to Chico and he was like Chico died did they and say how Chico died in it no they didn't specify they just said Chico died and he's gone and you know I'm afraid of and it was just kind of showing why he had been keeping role like kind of arms and like. he had been referring to him as Chico as well because obviously Chico is uh i swear i yeah, think it's a derogatory term, term yeah. now but in the 70s seemed to be an okay word from the other it's for uh chicano i think is the it's short for chicano and that's oh. something they use, i think the latinos use amongst themselves. themselves okay but um yeah good show really good show yeah i enjoyed it a really fucking great fucking career cut yeah. short a horrific hollywood fucking tale that yeah. would remind you of maureen prescott outside of the rape but just more drugs true but, uh, and seemed like a great fucking guy outside of the mental health issues that caused him to scare the living shit out of his friends regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that this week. Fuck the Hollywood horror stuff. We're here for the horrorverse. And we are going in search of cryptids with the legend of Boggy Creek and the Falk Monster. 
You're our resident crypt- encrypted expert. Before we get into the Falk Monster or Bigfoot, Big Feet, Big Fit Eye, I don't know. Uh, do you have any other favorites? Well, I'm pretty sure it's Bigfoots. But <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a few favorites. But for people who don't know, cryptozoology is a pseudoscience and subculture that searches for and studies unknown, legendary or extinct animals whose present existence is disputed or unsubstantiated, particularly those popular in folklore such as Bigfoot, uh, the Loch Ness Monster, Yeti, the Chupacabra, the Jersey Devil or the Macaulay Membe. Uh, cryptozoologists refer to these entities as cryptids, a term coined by the subculture. Because it does not follow the scientific method, cryptozoology is considered a pseudoscience by mainstream science. It's neither a branch of zoology nor of folklore studies. It was originally founded in the 1950s by zoologists Bernard Huavemans and Ivan T. Sanderson. Okay, one question. What the fuck is a Macaulay Membe? Ah, give me a second and I'll have a look. <laughs> awesome. So the Macaulay Membe, Lingala for one who stops the flow of rivers, is a mythical water-dwelling entity that supposedly lives in the Congo River Basin, sometimes described as a living creature, sometimes as a spirit. Descriptions vary widely among those who claim to have seen the creature, but it's often described as a large quadrupedal herbivore with smooth skin, a long neck and a single tooth or horn. All I can hear is the um, Jurassic Park music as they go Oh, for the first time. Like, yeah, I love that music. Uh, what did you suggest that music for lately? Oh, we were that? talking about doing an advert for your new show, uh, Digging With Bones with it, Amy Rose. We were doing an advert <laughs> and you wanted to use the uh, Jurassic Park I music. I just love it. I'd use it if anything. Yeah, well, I was afraid of royalty issues, but we'll have a look into <sighs> it. We'll have a look into it. Go on. Bring uh, us back to <laughs> with the one two. <laughs> so in the early mid 20 early to mid 20th century the entity would become a point of focus among adherents of cryptozoology and young earth creationism resulting in numerous expeditions led by cryptozoologists and or funded by young earth creationists and other groups with the objective to find evidence that invalidates or contradicts the scientific consensus regarding evolution so creationists are the guys who believe in adam and eve right uh, they believe that God created everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they, they completely against the idea of evolution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, I think it's all right to be religious and believe in evolution. You can believe oh, you that can. God put the seed, that a God put the seed there to start what happened, you know? Uh, yeah, but I don't think God put the skeletons there to challenge your belief. Because, well, that's what you know I'm what saying. I'm saying? I, 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 I think it's... Well, yeah. that, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think you have to just believe that... Fucking, I mean, like, according to their, to their Bible, he created everything. Yeah. So then, why is it so hard to fucking believe that he, if you believe in this, uh, that he just planted? I mean, like if you're a gardener and you pl- you pl- you you plant flowers in your garden, and mm-hmm. the flower is there and it's big and it's growing, you didn't do all you you watered it and you fed it and you Nurtured kept an eye it, on it, yeah. but you really just put a seed in the ground and it evolved into a flower. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Why is that so hard for? It's like Christians Lisa Simpson with her tooth. And why can't you just believe if you're if you're going to be that hardcore about your beliefs in Christianity and stuff like that instead of going again why don't you do what you do with everything else and fucking just say yeah, yeah God we believe in evolution because it was part of God's plan because that's what they say every time you get in an argument with one of them and every time you try and say God. well how how do you explain this well God did it yeah. and if you ask them what because I asked before I remember we had, we had these two into uh, our school when we were in secondary yeah. school. And I kept, I had him in a question loop because it yeah. was like, I was like, uh, 
So condoms are bad. And he's like, yes, condoms are bad. But God created everything. Yes, God created everything. So God created condoms. Technically, yes. So why do you create them if you didn't want them to use, or us to use them? Well, well, then I'll let it go to then is the devil. Uh, put him well, in it's temptation, uh, yeah. Like, hold on, one minute, buddy. If, you, if God created everything, he created the devil too. So why would you explain that one? And that poor man left a broken, shattered Christian when I was finished with him. <laughs> would that not be the same as entrapment if God is making the condoms and putting them in view for you to yep. use? Yep. You couldn't use that in court. Nope. <laughs> Telling you that much. <laughs> so when we're at the party gates, you can't be holding stuff like that against us. We'll have our lawyer with us. We'll go through every <laughs> fucking sin with a fine tooth comb and find our loophole. <laughs> <sighs> so paleontologist Donald Prothero remarks that the quest for the Mukele Membe is part of the effort by creationists to overthrow the theory of evolution and teaching of science by any means possible. Additionally, Prothero observes that the only people looking for the Mukele Makole Membe are creationist ministers, not wildlife biologists. But how does this fucking prove anything for them? All they do is find a new creature. How would they? That, that, that's all it would. Because, like, we've discussed this on the Bigfoot episode on Real Monsters briefly how cryptids, in some cases, turn uh, out to be real. Cryptids, in some cases, are just animals that have not been discovered yet. The mountain gorilla wasn't well, was considered a cryptid until about 1903. 1906. The platypus yeah. was a cryptid. The, crypt- yeah. the fucking squid was once known as the kraken. <laughs> you know, the giant I mean, squid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it's not like it's completely out of the realm of possibility for something to. So why would I? I, wonder, I know we didn't look into it, so we can't answer this question. Mm-hmm. But why do these fucking creationists think by finding a new and cataloging a new species? species of animal would that instantly negate like like cancel out evolution well i think if they <laughs> maybe like would it be a thing of they kind of like if the dino not prove the dinosaurs but that's what i'm saying that they link it to dinosaurs so it'll prove dinosaurs so they'd be like right well those fossils can't be 365 million years old if these things exist now so the earth can only be this amount of time old the amount of time that we're seeing because these cryptids and dinosaurs are alive now do you know that would be their thinking but that there like there is fucking stuff still alive from back in the dinosaur I time i understand what you're saying but that i think that's their like line of view didn't charles they? darwin's tortoise outlive him and about two other fucking it's still hosts. alive yeah, isn't yeah, it? as far as like, if, if it died it only died recently. recently i mean fucking that thing would pass down if you i mean i'm pretty sure alligator crocodile chickens but chickens then. are fucking uh, evolved birds in general are evolved from dinosaur yeah oh she died in 2006 she was uh, between 175 to 176 years old and her name was harriet oh i know that's not millions of fucking years but the point is here that i mean like there are species of reptile that fucking come from prehistoric time oh yeah there are uh, animals Cockroaches. there was plenty of animals in the sea that were there before and during the, uh, the, the the dinosaurs' time, this would prove uh, nothing. Horseshoe crabs, uh, sea turtles, sharks, uh, megatherium. Uh, there's a load of them. Do you know what happened? Galapagos the lizard. Devil, the devil made him do it. The devil put all those bones there, and he's been tricking us all again. But that part—that's part of it. That's like part of what they believe. Like, that's it another was Loki. Like, Listen to it a few episodes back. It was Loki. It's all. 
Okay. <laughs> anyway, most mainstream experts believed that the Macaulay Membe, as reported by Congolese natives, was probably inspired by the black rhinoceros, which once thrived in the region. Historian Edward Grimont, let me say that properly, has argued. Grimont, yeah, has argued that the Makola Membe myth grows out of the earlier pseudo-historical claims that uh, about Great Zimbabwe and in turn influenced the later reptilian conspiracy theory. Oh, do you have about five or six hours to spare if we get into this reptilian, reptilian shit? Nope, no. <laughs> you think I can go in on the Christians? We can talk reptilians if you want. <laughs> yeah, but not now. Someday. Oh, I didn't think so. But it kind of looks and sounds like Nessie, so I don't know where they're getting the... Uh, the, the bar of the horn, I, I don't know where they're getting their fucking rhinoceros thing from. I mean, the pictures I've seen look like Nessie. Maybe same species. That's what I was thinking. If they do look a lot alike. The only thing I haven't heard, the only difference is I've never heard of Nessie having just one tooth or a big, a big ass horn that's head. But then again, there's no rhinoceroses in a Unicorn of Nessie. Uni Nessie. Nessicorn? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of funny names, have you come across any funny named cryptids in your yep. research? Yep. There's the Snallygaster. Oh, what's that? So the Snallygaster is from American folklore and it's a bird reptile chimera that originating in the superstitions of early German immigrants later combined with sensationalistic newspaper reports of the monster. Early sightings associate the Snallygaster with Frederick County, Maryland, especially the areas of South Mountain and the Middleton Valley. Later reports would expand on sightings encompassing an area to include Central Maryland and the Washington, D.C. metro area. I don't know why, but every time we say Snallygaster, all I can picture is Gary from SpongeBob SquarePants. The snail that goes... No. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> uh, the earliest incarnations of the creature mixed the half-bird features of a siren with the nightmarish features of demons and ghouls. The Snallygaster was described as half-reptile, half-bird, having a metallic beak lined with razor-sharp teeth, occasionally alongside octopus-like tentacles. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. The Snallygaster was rumoured to swoop silently from the sky to pick up and carry off its victims. The earliest stories claim that this monster sucked the blood off its victims. I wonder if it do it through the suckers on the tentacles. Probably, that's disgusting. Uh, oh, I saw this woman eating. I, like, like a video that came up on, on Facebook and it was like this live tentacle. You but have I had, shown like, me some of these videos before. I know, lady. it's They're so weird. But the tentacle like over. comes up and it like sucks onto her face while she's eating it and she has to like pull it off There's her face. It's gushing all over and you know there was some perverts watching that mm-hmm. fucking video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the big muscle. It's like literally a clam. And it, I remember I showed you that one. It's just, I get really weird videos sometimes. Um, you be looking up you fucking weirdo <laughs> <laughs> seven pointed stars which reputedly uh, kept the Snallygaster at bay can still be seen painted on local barns oh class yeah. so seven points like a not like be? a pentagram uh, no, like pentagram with, five. with two more than a pentagram it would be one more point in the star David yeah I don't where know do where the point fits in? in. Yeah, where does it go without the, 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 where we're missing a point hang there? on now <laughs> I feel like it has to go in twos no because a normal star is five a triangle would have three. Oh yeah so if you're drawing it if you draw one kind of like one hang on one two three like a weird kind of like parallelogram okay all i'll say is this is an audio medium so this isn't gonna work go okay, look up cool. a seven pointed star for yourself there we go Google. i wanted to know how to draw <laughs> okay what else do we have so then there's the pokwaji oh okay mm. Now, according to legend, Pukwudgies can appear and disappear at will and shapeshift 
uh, of which the most common form is a creature that looks like a porcupine from the back and a half troll, half human from the front and walks upright. Sounds like it's straight out of the Witcher. Yep. Uh, they lure people to their deaths, use magic, launch poison arrows, and create fire. Really so, sounds yeah. like it from the Witcher. It sounds like that dude from the Witcher. Do you remember the guy who had the curse on him? Oh, yeah. And he, he had a porcupine fucking kind of style stuff on him, wasn't he? Do we? Wouldn't he all kind of, wouldn't that, he's like the former, or am I imagining I that? think you're combining two characters. Do you, do you not remember? The, I know like, the, the porcupine guy. And wasn't he like surrounded in that big hall that they were having that party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, but wasn't he like cursed or something? He was cursed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what oh, it sounds like. I get you. Even though every time you say Pokewoji, all I picture is a porg. But your description now makes them sound more like a porg if it was a Pokemon. <laughs> uh, yeah I'd agree with you oh and just also to point out that the, the, the Witcher does take most of it is rooted in folklore like you know you can see a lot of Irish oh, folklore yeah, and all yeah, that like yeah, you know there's a lot of fucking mixture between yeah, and Polish and, you know, but, it is yeah. Polish, oh, Polish like, you know, like so it draws a lot of Slavic uh, as well what's it called in, in, in Poland it's not the Witcher it's the Hexer isn't it I think so yeah yeah I'm pretty sure it's the Hexer <laughs> so Native Americans believe the Pukwudgy were once friendly to humans but then turned against them and are best left alone oh According to lore, a person who annoyed a Pukwudgie would be subject to nasty tricks by it or subject to being followed by the Pukwudgie who would cause trouble for them. What the fuck happened between a person and a Pukwudgie that caused this rift? Like, was there, like, some Native American, like, chief and, like, some, like, real grand presidential Pukwudgie hanging out one night and, like, shit just got fucked up and we're like, that's it. The Pukwudgies and the people are finished. We're done. We are not friends anymore. And they split. Or was it, like, a case of they were, like, over-fucking... Uh, well, why would you even... Yeah, if they're half-human, I was going to say, were they over-hunted? They're not really animals. They're half-human. So, they, was there, like, a dispute between them? I don't know. This is something we got to look into, Amy. We do. I the great Native American Pukwudgy War of... I don't know enough <laughs> about... I would love to kind of look into Native American folklore I a bit would more. Too, really, to be honest with you, really because I... But remember, I always said, like, the thing I love about my kind of religious beliefs is yeah. it seems like, although everybody in the world was calling it something different at the time and all the gods had different names, yeah. they were all so similar and rooted in the same kind of base and the same... Uh, principles mm. and morals mm. to the most part mm-hmm. and i i mean i i mainly kind of craft my beliefs around european uh or paganism yeah. but i am dying to start studying native american uh, pagan beliefs yeah. to to see what crosses over and what what ideas they had because i don't I, I, it, with me it is it, i don't put myself down to one i i keep myself open to most of my mm. i take most of my story and beliefs from celtic and norse but I mean, the Greeks, the fucking Romans, the fucking, the, the Native Americans, there's so much there to look into that are so similar and, like I said, are rooted in so many oh, yeah. similar morals and similar ideas and just, to the most part, don't be a dick and don't fuck up nature. Job done. Exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the Pukwudgie are known to kidnap people, push them off cliffs, attack their victims with short knives and spears and to use sand to bind their victims. This um, sounds like Chucky. <laughs> how do you sand to... Bo- oh, yeah, is it like you bury them up to the neck? Is that how you bind a victim with sand? Yeah, no, you're misreading. That says blinder. Oh, blinder. So they're victims. throwing sand <laughs> in the victim's face. <laughs> it's like wondering, yeah. Push people that. off cliffs, attack them, uh, their, their victims with short knives and spears. It sounds just like a Chucky running after. He's pushed people out of buildings and stuff before. Yeah, true. And then there's your favourite sounding one. 
the squonk. That's just because it sounds like it's a creature right out of Rick and Morty. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's kind of like, it's a sad creature. To be honest, when you describe it, it sounds like it's out of Rick and Morty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Unlike many mythological creatures, the supposed physical characteristics of the squonk remain unchanged from the original written account, which states, The squonk is of a very retiring disposition, generally traveling at twilight and dusk. Because of its misfitting skin, which is covered in warts and moles, it's always unhappy. Hunters who are good at tracking are able to follow a skunk, squonk even by its tear-stained trail for the animal weeps constantly. When cornered, an escape seems impossible or when surprised and frightened, it may even dissolve itself <laughs> in tears. Later retellings included the squonks were slowest on moonlit nights as they tried to avoid seeing their ugly appearance in any illuminated bodies of water. In addition to warts and moles, the creatures were given webbed toes on their left feet. It sounds exactly like a Rick and Morty character, even down to the bursting into the... It sounds like... Do you know what it sounds like? Mm. It sounds like the, uh, the episode of Rick and Morty when Beth and Jerry go to marriage counselling, space marriage counselling. And do you remember uh, they went into this machine where it would basically take Jerry's view of Beth and it would make it real. Yeah. And, then it would, and vice versa. And whereas Jerry saw Beth as a super dominant, powerful fucking woman and she came out as like this super fucking massive badass alien mm. she pictured him as a weak kind of cook boy and he came out as a little warm yeah and yeah. the way he talked move even though the way every time i think of it i just think it talks like this and everything really sucks but i can hear somebody hey saying guys. squonk in a rick and morty voice oh that's because um of squanch Oh, yeah, squanch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> you do with squanchy squanching <laughs> yeah i love squanch Squanchy. Squanchy? Yeah, squanchy. Squanch. But squonk, I am pretty sure the word squonk would have come up in fucking... Squonk. In, it's definitely been said in Rick and Morty at least. Has to have been. Even as a sound I'll effect. I'll rewatch it again just to <laughs> give you a reason to rewatch it yeah. again. Even though I've rewatched it three times this year already. I love Watch that it show. Again. Anyway, that's a lot of cryptids. But this week we are going to be looking at someone who comes straight out of the Bigfoot family. And we're going to cover the folk monster and the legend of Boggy Creek. Patreon is alive alive, live alive, live alive. Patreon is alive alive, live alive, live alive. Patreon is alive alive, Hey kids, can't get enough of that blood, guts, and gore? Then head on over to our Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you'll get exclusive access to our true crime show, Real Monsters, and horrific history tales from playing with bones with Amy Rose, along with early access to our mini-sodes and ad-free access to everything else. All this and loads more horror-tastic extras from the horrorverse. So what are you waiting for? Permission? Go nick your parents' card today and subscribe now at patreon.com forward slash it's alive alive pod. Remember, that's it's alive alive podcast a really really fake true crime horror podcast it's alive alive all the guts and gore with none of the guilt okay so in arkansas folklore the folk monster also known as the boggy creek monster or the swamp stalker is purported to be an ape-like creature similar in descriptions to bigfoot that has allegedly been sighted in the rural town of falk arkansas since the early 1970s 
It has since become a part of Arkansas folklore and has also influenced local culture in Falk, with some businesses capitalizing on the local lore. Kind of like Roswell with the aliens. Mm. I mean, even their McDonald's is a UFO shit. Yeah. Honest to fucking oh, I know. Yeah. I want to go there so <laughs> bad. It is not even funny. That must be the last fun McDonald's left in the world. Yeah. If we it's don't still have like playgrounds that. anymore. I, do, I mean, Roswell, what, right? From mm. what I hear. Isn't or was wasn't the best place to live? Mm. The, Underfunded, like yeah. The, mm. I think there. I think I read somewhere there was a bit of a meth problem there for a while. Yeah, but the way they capitalized on the alien thing, I mean, it is supposed to be brilliant. To yeah, go there. I mean, like alien museums, alien fucking shops. Why alien, not? Like? Oh my god, it is on the bucket list. Uh, yeah, I would love, love, love to go to Roswell. We'll get you there. If we could, if we, I don't know if it's sectioned off, I don't know if you're allowed on there, but if we could get to the actual area where the, um, your man claimed to have found the can. stuff. Oh my God. Is there not like loads of stories of people being like, yeah, told to oh, get the yeah, fuck yeah. out of here? Oh, yeah, you get closer to 51, like yeah. they're on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you pass a certain border, they'll have signs, but if mm-hmm. once you pass a certain border, they'll be watching you, and then there's more signs. And once you pass those signs, they are literally on you. And it's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Turn the fuck around, get the fuck get out, out, of out of here. Do you know, yeah. you are not welcome here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I like Roswell. Various reports between 1971 and 1974. Well, not so much. Like I thought, I was about to say that uh, there was sightings of uh, of them, like there was in Roswell. Yeah. Again, but obviously, the Roswell aliens are not beasts, <laughs> seen as large bipedal creatures covered in large, 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 long dark hair. Large. I'm all over the fucking place here. You know what a bigfoot looks like? It's a hairy fucker it's about seven foot tall weighing in at 250 to 300 pounds that's still less than um what the big show uh, allegedly weighed what and would be less than, uh, that would make Andre the Giant bigger it, though, for, for, for wrestling purposes sometimes I think at one point the big show was genuinely 500 pounds oh wow it was, I think that was a uh, pure general. I think at one point he was told to lose weight, but put on muscle. And I remember he went away for a while. Yeah. And because when he did start wrestling, he was mostly muscle. Okay. I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing him. just a gigantism. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's not, but Andre the Giant would have been bigger than this dude. Uh, hang on. Did you just say a big show is gigantism? He, they would have had the pertuited. Pertuitary. Yeah, gland. That, yeah. Uh, that's the issue, isn't it? In gigantism. Mm. The thing, the reason Andre died and Big Show didn't, he, he didn't is Big going. Show had the surgery. Yeah. Andre didn't want to have the surgery for some reason. He was afraid. Uh, apparently, he was afraid to have the surgery yeah, or he was nervous about having the surgery. Yeah, so he, he did. Uh, I mean, Andre had a terrible death because he literally, like, fucking, his bones grew too big for his body, like, you know? Jesus. He, he, uh, his body just couldn't handle. Mm. I mean, the bones kept going and going and going. Yeah. So yeah, he he just broke down. Whereas the big show, Paul White, was smart enough. Well, not smart. He was just he had the surgery, mm, and yeah. that, that stopped it. So that would stop his issue and stop him from. I going. never but knew that. He he would have had yeah, He's a giant. Like he's a genuine bona fide giant. Class. From what I know. Now, I could be completely wrong. I mean, it is the world of professional wrestling, and the world of professional wrestling is about as murky as the world of the horrorverse. Some yes. stuff is real, some stuff isn't. You just got to figure it out for yourself. We ain't going to tell you. <laughs> some accounts describe the fork monster as running swiftly with a galloping gape and swinging its arms in a fashion similar to a monkey, which 
again sounds like the Patterson Gimli fucking tape yeah. reports also describe it as having a terrible odour the odour being described as a combination of a skunk and a wet dog I hate the smell of a wet dog yep. and it's having bright red eyes the size of silver dollars which scares the shit out of me I love the colour red with the idea of red eyes because they said that about the Amityville horror as well yeah the Amityville haunting okay Um, that they were seeing like the the, 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 the child said she saw it but okay. it was a pig looking in the window and it had bright red eyes staring in at her. But this was upstairs. That's a common characteristic with Bigfoot is uh, is a flare, flare, that flare in the eyes. But like yeah, no ape and no human has that flare, that, that flare like. So. so that's crazy. Uh, a variety of tracks and claw marks have been discovered, which are claimed to belong to the creature. One set of finger footprints reportedly measured 17 inches in length. That's seven in- and seven inches wide. While another appear to show feet that only possess three toes. This is a common thing, the three toe thing yeah. with the Falk monster. This Yeah, like outside of the three toe thing, it sounds like every other Bigfoot description. You're the expert when it comes to that. You've covered a few big Bigfoot variants on uh. Creepy Past the Crypt, released every Monday and Tuesday on all good socials and podcast providers. Yep. What type of Bigfoot does this most resemble to you? Probably the skunk ape. Yeah. Yeah. So the smell. Yeah, <laughs> you said it there about the skunk, but uh, so uh, it's a com. It's commonly described also as a bipedal or human or ape-like creature, approximately five to seven feet tall and covered in mottled reddish brown hair. The skunk ape is often reported to be smaller in stature compared to traditional descriptions of Bigfoot from the northern United States and Canada. So that doesn't line up, but it's named for its foul odor, often described as being similar to a skunk. And like you pointed out, uh, that's uh, as being a sign in folk that the monster is close by. The smell? Yeah. Do you know what I was surprised by with my research this week before we keep going with the skunk ape? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never realized that most by a big feet of big foot are gingers. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I am fucking surprised. That, like it's a common thing is ginger. Uh-huh. And that's a weird this is a weird one for you. And it's completely off the subject. But I remember I I used to have long hair and I had brown hair. You did. I was blonde as a child and I had brown hair from my teens onwards. Yeah. And then I grew a long beard which went red. Yeah. And then I started to go bald. You did? And I, I turned to you one night and I was like, well, I mean, people, whenever I wear a hat, get confused and think I'm a ginger. So once I shave my head, people officially, are think you're they're going to think I'm a fucking ginger. But as soon as I shaved my head, my beard stopped looking ginger and started looking brown. That's because there is flecks of red in your hair, but it's only more pronounced when you have the ginger against it. Like when I look at you now, if I don't look directly at your beard, but I can see the people red. People used to see my brown head of long hair yeah. and tell me I was ginger because of my of beard. Your beard. They were convinced <laughs> like it was like it like played off my hair or something mm-hmm. like that. But as soon as my hair was gone, I wasn't a ginger anymore. I think that's common though. My dad Whereas has brown I hair. I be he... officially branded 100%. Yeah, I am yeah. now a member of the ginger club because... <laughs> ginger and I'd have no other hair, yeah. which would make me a ginger-haired person. Yeah. Do you know? But it is common, isn't it? Uh, my dad had, had brown hair, but like a ginger beard. And nearly every, at least in Ireland anyway, every yeah. fucking guy I've seen, they, they, they could have jet black hair and turn out with a red beard. It's just yeah. something weird about us. I don't know. It's the Celt coming through in us. <laughs> no, the red is in there. There's nothing we can do about it. Apparently, if you have the ginger gene, anesthetic doesn't take as well. No? Mm-hmm. 
That's There's been studies done on that. Well, whenever I went to the dentist, I've needed multiple anesthetics. Oh, to be my beard. they can't. They, I have awful trouble with anesthetics as well. It's probably down to my ginger beard too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a sexy ginger beard. Though. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> anyway, right. So, how long has the skunk ape been around? Because this guy in Falk turned up around the 70s. So, contemporary descriptions of the skunk ape in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama folklore have occurred since European settlers first occupied the region. In 1818, local newspapers reported a story from what is now Apalachicolo. I fucking struggle with it every time. Me too. Especially, that's similar to the Appalachian Mountains. Anything with Appalachia in front of it, I'm going to be like, oh shit. (laughs) That's why every time we watched Outsiders and you're like, what one's the Outsiders? I'd be like, the The one one with the the mountain. The one with the mountain in it, right? (laughs) Oh, they were in the Appalachians, were they? That's what they were supposed to be, Ah. yeah. Yeah. The one no. with um oh what's his name from Sons of Anarchy? Why am I forgetting this? Don't don't Holy Opie. Shit, huh? Opie. Opie. Jesus he was in Christ. a Bates Motel. He was, he was good in that too. Yeah. And he was in The Walking Dead. Haven't oh, seen him in yeah. anything. Since, he was he was in he the Whisperers. And everything. Yeah. I loved him in Bates Motel. He was loved very good. I, I really want he was, he was he was actually really endearing and basically. Do you know what is gonna be really cool is eventually we'll be talking about the story behind that that, 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 yeah. that influenced the, the, the T V show Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. And that's Norma and Norman Bates. Yeah. So we might actually get into the character that um Reinhurst played. Yeah. I think his name was Chick, but we will get into that. Yeah. So that is something for the future you're teasing them. Little, little breadcrumbs <laughs> of a story we'll tell so if you want to know more about Norman and Norman ba- Norma and Norman Bates before we get to them check out Bates Motel it's a serious TV show but there is a lot more to that story and we will get into it in a few months time maybe anyway so it's from Apalachicola in Florida and that spoke of a man-sized monkey raiding food from stores and stalking fishermen along the shores sounds like a gorilla yep cryptozoologists have made unsubstantiated claims that Seminole and Mikosuke culture include stories of a foul-smelling physically powerful and secretive creature caught can we pause? I was going to just say, she's asked me to pause because you can't pronounce the next word. I was just about to say, you are really, really good at fucking pronouncing these names compared to me. I just give them a fucking all. I just give it the old college try and hope for the best. <laughs> you, you, you are good but at this. This is, that I mis- know. What was I- that one? The mi- mi- Mikosuki? <laughs> fucking fair play to you. But this next one, I mean, like, you, you, I should have given you time for this one. No, but you see, I'm my guessing, thing about it is I want to get the name right because, in fairness, it's somebody else's culture. So, as in, I hate when, like, hearing it, as in, people not making an effort when it comes to what (laughs) like when you hear lepretions and shit like that lepretions that fucking what the fuck what are you looking at like wait what on god's green earth makes you think leprechauns is pronounced lepretions oh i don't know but you were going to say the secret of creature you got it is it I'm pretty sure that's the way it looks to me, and that's the way we're going. Keep it, <laughs> keep it moving. <laughs> a name which roughly translates to a furry tall man or a hairy giant. So they've been around for a good long time. I, I love that. It's like, um, 
when I found out because I, when I kind of got into the whole fucking again pagan culture and uh, stuff like that obviously I ended up watching Vikings which I fucking love and it was like Ragnar was in it and it was like Ragnar Lodbrok what a cool fucking sounding name Ragnar Lodbrok then you fucking start reading more into because if you get into the culture and you get into the religious side you start Harry reading breaches. about the myths and all it meant was hairy pants or yeah. hairy legs or hairy breeches and it was like fuck me what? sounds like an old insult you fucking hairy pants but it was I mean that was <laughs> the cool thing about it was like back in the day they had these what sounded like cool nicknames but they were just like our nicknames they just stuck harder can I just <laughs> say I have the bonus is still a class nickname whatever way you take his story well well I no one honest, of the ways no yeah. but the rest of them yeah for Ivor what he the bonus, there was three theories to why Ivor the bonus was called Ivor the bonus theory one is like in the TV show Ivor was someone who had um brittle bone disease yeah so he he had obviously issues walking or brittle bones so he Mm. he have a lot of breaks and that's how they portrayed him in the show and even to the point where where he built himself up where he was able to get around on crutches and stuff like that but obviously he was still he also had a twisted leg though when he was what a fucking scene the best scene I remember looking at you and saying he will play the best Sith in a Star Wars movie. Absolutely. And that was when they were in York and he's mm-hmm. just sitting there on the ground. He's covered in blood. It's raining. It's muddy. There's none of his army is behind him and the British army come running up on him and he just starts screaming. <laughs> like, come on! And he's like raging his face and like glee at the same yeah. time. And he was covered in blood and they all just stopped and they were looking at each other like, this man just stopped an army. Oh my mm-hmm. God. But anyway, that was one version of it. The other cool fucking story was that Ivor was called Ivor the Boneless because of his ability. It basically, they said he was like Mr. Fantastic yeah. when it came to him on the, the, the battlefield. Mm. That he could, he was so flexible that it was like his bones were made of rubber. Mm-hmm. Like he had no bones at all. That he was just able to Matrix move through yeah. a battlefield and just slaughter people. Yeah. No, I would bring up as well to Irish people that don't know. Ivor the Boneless, there is a very strong possibility, was a king in this country at yeah. one point. Yeah. There was an Ivor, and it's known I that love this story. Ivor went, came from England to Ireland, took over, became king here, and then because of the times that we lived in, any time a king fucked off again, another king would just jump in and try and mm. take his place. So Ivor yeah. went back to England to try and dominate. I think he joined forces with another... Um, Another king who I think was called Olaf. I'm not 100% sure. There was an Olaf at the time, wasn't there? He's in the new Vikings. Uh, I think it was... uh, That's why I I remember he's the guy that went Christian. Yeah. But I don't think it's the same Olaf. But anyway, he... um, I'm pretty sure it could be the Olaf that I was telling you about the poem today that was translated into English and it still rhymes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. But anyway, so fucking Ivor... Went to England to try and take York, which we just spoke about. They they, they portrayed a trade in the Vikings. So that was the second version. They were just flexible. The third one was more unfortunate, and they did play this up in the TV show as well. And that was he was either the boneless because he could not keep an erection. He was, he was, he was. Because um, he was pretty much. Impotent. Yeah. So they played that up in the TV show as well. But um, that was another story. He was either the boneless with that. But. Because of how fierce he was, mm. I mean, even when you look at his reputation, his reputation was very much like it was, I mean, like it's shown in the show. I mean, sometimes people kind of, I think, are blinded in the show that he is just violent throughout. 
But he has him, to be he's for to, yeah. He, he knows but to when to sweet talk. But to ensure his political stance, he has to be but fucking ruthless when he because goes of to his talk disability. To English, time, like. He is fucking making them believe that he's on their side. When he goes to talk to the Russians, he makes them believe he's on his side. That's because he's he a makes, fucking charmer at the same oh, time. It, but, but that's it. Like yeah. I mean, I. But then when it was time to fight he was the most vicious and he'd kill you in a happy and mm-hmm. this was the, the real guy as well in in reality like and well, I, I'll tell the end story in a minute but like I mean I don't believe that you I think calling a guy Ivor the Boneless because he can't get a heart on when he's that fierce and that high of a status is unlikely probably because he'd kill you every time it's yeah. like when people used to have the balls to call Al like Scarface yeah yeah he didn't like it. Babyface Nelson did not like being called Babyface fucking Nelson. Pretty Boy Floyd did not like being called Pretty Boy Floyd. And I'm pretty fucking sure Ivor the Boneless would fucking cut your bone off if you called him boneless. But Maybe anyway, he likes to be dominated. The cool thing about <laughs> Ivor is that when he died, the rumours, one of the rumours I've heard is huh. when he died... In England, he had he had taken over, he had ruled the place. He asked to be buried facing, I think it was facing France, mm-hmm. so that William the Conqueror couldn't come. and So he'd be there to stop William the Conqueror, I think it was, from taking over or coming to take over. And it got to the point where whoever was, uh, whoever it was... That did, I, th- I think it was really, Amy's looking at me like I'm wrong. And she's a historian fucking on here, which we'll find out in Digging With Bones with Amy Rose. But I believe that, like, whoever it was anyway, he was buried on the beach to stop. Did not, di- didn't fucking go towards him. Went the whole way around the country of, of Britain and went and, and t- invaded from behind Ivor's grave on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I believe I think they came up and dug up the bones is what I heard. Amy saying it's not William the Conqueror. It's you know? not William the Conqueror. So Rollo was alive around eight seventy three AD. William the oh. Conqueror was a ra- was alive. I so mean, you think like, it might be Rollo, which would uh, make yeah, sense. Yeah, so William Conqueror was ten twenty eight to ten eighty seven. And so. just to not confuse people who are Viking fans, in real life, I mean, Rollo did not live in the same time as Ragnar Lothbrok. No. They were not brothers. No. That was no. for the TV show only. There Rollo is, does have a lot of DNA in Irish people, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because the Normans yeah. were there. It is believed that Ragnar was the father of the, the sons that we see in the TV show. Mm. But then there's also rumor that, like, Ragnar is similar to Joachim McCool and... Um, and um, Kukulin are here, where they might be uh, amalgamation amalgamation of stories of heroes that came into one big hero story, and that there is kind of multiple Ragnars. Yeah, and and the stories just kind of got rolled into one Ragnar. Where, uh, or, whereas uh, I believe when it comes to the likes of Ku Cullen and Fionn McCool, I believe that there probably was people s- that were that they influenced those stories going forward. Oh, absolutely. I believe there was great warriors named Fionn and probably a great warrior named Ku Cullen whose story got so mixed up that it became the myth and fucking legend it is today. But, but I, mean, I mean, because like- the stories were being passed 
wore it wore them out you but know? even going from Kukulin when you look at Creevy Keel and you see Queen Maeve in uh, Kukulin's stories and like literally in Creevy Keel the, uh, the, the you know the, the, the cat's passage that, that we spoke about I think was on one of the Real Monsters episodes and it's uh, Maeve or the Sons of Maeve is carved over this portal or it's, it's, it's the passage tomb like so like it's obviously it has to be rooted in, in some something. sort of yeah absolutely and I would wonder as well then when it comes to Bigfoot even if you are skeptical is it rooted in some sort of, you know, truth? But oh, anyway, yeah. we were talking about we. I don't know how we got so fucking sidetracked there. We were talking about the SD cap. cap you did a cap cap cap. <laughs> a very tall man and hairy giant. That was it. We yeah. got into Ragnar's pants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back anyway. back to the Florida Keys and Just back as a side to note, it was Charles the Bald was uh, king of France at the time. So he was the dude that actually went the whole be, way around England I think, to, sneak, to yeah. sneak up on Ivor's fucking Yeah, but I think grave. in the TV show he might have been Charles the Good or Charles the Handsome. I didn't, don't think they did him as Charles Bald because well, they, the they kind of split up the timelines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, all, yeah. uh, it's a bunch of timelines kind of crossed yeah, together like, exactly. uh, to, to make a story. A good so story. anyway, back to this. Uh, so, I mean, we have sightings here in like, like here. People, I asked Amy when the skunk ache oh, yeah. turned up like because with the fuck, the fuck monster turned up around the 70s. Yeah. So we're wondering here, when did the skunk ape turn up? Because the fuck monster is sounding very similar to the yeah. Skunky. Oh, it is. Hey, yeah. recap them. We're getting good Start. at this. See where we're starting Ooh. to learn, though, that when we do veer off on all these rides, we should have got to recap, bring them back. <laughs> so, I mean, we've sightings in 1929, and an alleged sighting occurred at the famous and then recently constructed perky bat tower at the Florida Keys. All I picture are fucking a bunch of bats or great hits. <laughs> I love bats. I follow this bat sanctuary on Instagram and they are just the cutest things in the Why world. Why do you follow bats like I follow foxes? Bats and sugar babies. What are... Sh- you no. Bitch. They're the sugar, sugar babies. babies. Yeah, I'll show you them now. You sugar. know what a sugar baby is, right? Yeah, I know what a sugar baby is. <laughs> sugar, hang on now. They're like they're they are they're like gliding squirrels, flying squirrels. They're and also they in... like women who go after fucking older men for money. Oh no, these are the furry small <laughs> <laughs> No, they're sugar babies. Yeah, I know what it is. Oh I show so you innocent. now. <laughs> see? Yeah. Dare you to type in sugarbabies.com and see what comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, people are look are look look at them. They're gorgeous. Oh, I'm just saying, exactly. be careful what you type into Google when you're looking for them. Oh yeah, type in animal after the words, and this is what comes up. Oh shit! <laughs> you have to type in animal. <laughs> They're gorgeous. All right, back to right, fucking right. the perky bat tower with the great titted bats. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> such a fucking perv. Anyway, witnesses reported that an unknown ape-like creature was drawn to the construction site and after inspecting the bat tower shortly after it had been stocked with bats the creature shook the tower driving off the bats before running off into the woods Uh in 1942 a man in Suwannee County reported a similar creature rushing out from the brush line while he was driving down an isolated road it was alleged to have grabbed onto his vehicle and beat on the running board and door for half a mile before departing this time last month I would have said bet but Lesson <laughs> in the small community of Barden in Putnam County, Florida, beginning in the late 1940s, there were a number of alleged sightings of a creature that became known as the Barden Booger. 
Okay, in the 1960s but I wonder does booger have the same meaning in America like all the way we I have fanny and they have fanny all I see is no they have booger booger's an American fucking word for fucking snack we never called them boogers when we were kids English p- kids do boogers. oh no they use it in America oh and bogeys is a really English thing I hate it? bogeys I hate that fucking word but booger all I see is the swamp thing except it's like dripping our oldest saw a sausage dog the other day and he goes, oh, cool, a wiener dog. I was yeah. like, oh, that's so American. <laughs> <laughs> In I, 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 you, you jumped over something there and I'd like people know, to know what you meant. Oh, sorry. Amy said, uh, when she said beat, she said she would have said bet a few weeks ago. We had to have a discussion about this. <laughs> Amy has some funny words for some of that. Well, what are a few of them? We have bet for beat. Squid <laughs> for squeeze. Squid, that's not, that, well, that's not how say, I say it. How you, how'd you say it? How'd you say it? Squaz. Squeeze. <laughs> squeeze, <laughs> god damn it. And there was one more. What was the other one? Sorry now. <laughs> Do not take the piss out of the temporary words. <laughs> Carry man sitting across the table from me with the his and he's. His and he's are not inter- interchangeable. It's not he's hat, it's his hat. I'm sorry. Which one of us live in a county called the kingdom? <laughs> Which one of us lives in a county called the Premier? Yeah, the fucking kingdom. I can tell you that much. We talk the king. <laughs> we talk like kings down here. Oh, you do in your back. Half of you can't understand. <laughs> Half of me, I can't understand. <laughs> we don't have them anymore, but there's a reason. There's a book of Kerry Man jokes. We are <laughs> kind of fucking Florida man of fucking Ireland, like, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it is interesting down here. Uh, in the 1960s, a rash of sightings in central Florida happened around the Alachua County and Marion County. Uh, one such report from 1963 involved several members of a family encountering an ape-like creature around their rural home, including one instance of it approaching a window to peer inside at night. That is my absolute fucking nightmare, mm-hmm. is looking out a dark window. And Riley's the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, remember when he, the two kids fucking accidentally pulled down the curtain in the playroom? And I couldn't get it back up yeah. that night. And he was like, he, I can't. Neither of them like it, though. And I wouldn't mind. The little shit was in the middle of a kind of a bit of a prank war with me at the time. Mm. And oh. I would remember I was so tempted. I had the Corey Taylor um, Slipknot mask. And I was so tempted to go up. And like, because I knew he wouldn't be able to see me in the darkness of the back yeah. until I got really up close to the window and then start tapping on the window. <laughs> and I knew he'd shit himself and he'd go running. But I also knew that he'd find a funny side after but at the same time, I was like, might be a bit too much. You'll never go to that room again on his own because it's my biggest fear as well that I'll look out a dark window and see somebody looking back fucking in the dark window. At <laughs> yeah. Do you know I don't can't like see who it is. It's terrifying. Do you ever so, do it for the thrill though? Like, oh, open the curtains and look, and then right. close them again. Okay, really the adrenaline rush. Oh! Just, oh, there, yes, so. Why rush? When I was, like, 12 or 13, I'd be waiting to go into, I used to do voice training, and I used to do it beside a river in school, and I'd like it 20 minutes, but I used to be just after getting my mobile phone, and I used to have a few minutes to, you know, like, to wait, and there was a wall beside the river, and a walkway, and I used to stand over, and sometimes I'd be on my phone, I'd be like, Holding it out over, <laughs> back in, I'd be like, adrenaline junkie. What a thrill! <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what you just described there about that uh, family and their problem—it sounds almost identical to the Falk Monster and what we're going to talk. The first story of yeah. the Falk Monster we're going to talk about today. But before we get to that, have you ever heard of Momo the Monster? 
I've heard of the internet viral thing, but not oh, Momo the monster. No, not no. Momo, the monster. Momo, also known as the Missouri monster, is a purported purported. I can't say the fucking purported. word, Amy. Purported ape-like creature <laughs> similar to description of Bigfoot that was allegedly sighted by numerous people in rural Louisiana, Missouri, in 1971-1972. So around the same time as the folk monster. Yes, the most well-known alleged sighting occurred on July 11, 1972, when two young boys were playing in the backyard on the rural outskirts of Louisiana, Missouri. Their older sister, Doris, was in the kitchen when she heard her brother screaming. When she looked out the window, she observed a massive dark-haired man-like creature holding what appeared to be a deceased dog and described it as having a pumpkin-shaped head and large glowing orange eyes. This kind of sounds like she might have had a Michael Myers sighting not a fucking bigfoot sighting (laughs) many alleged sightings occurred that year most notably was local fire department chief a member of the city council richard allen murray what a name definitely gotta believe a city councillor who reported driving along a creek bed when he saw a massive upright creature in his vehicle headlights as a result of these reported encounters a 20 person posse was formed to hunt a creature but nothing was ever found you know shit's about to go down when a posse when it's not a group it's a posse that's worse than a gang when Mm -hmm. you hear a posse you're put together the the next fucking one up is a fucking lynch mob uh-huh. <laughs> after a posse so, you go, posse, so it goes a gang posse lynch, lynch mob. mob everybody's gotta get the fuck out of there <laughs> one up the ante go on alright I see you're a giant ape and I raise you a giant goat man okay <laughs> so the Lake Worth monster is a legendary creature said to inhabit Lake Worth at the Fort Worth Nature Center and Refuge just outside Fort Worth it's often described as being a part man, part goat with scales and long clawed fingers. Right. <laughs> Reports of sightings by local citizens of a half man, half goat with foreign scales in July 1969 led to the beliefs that a mysterious creature lived in Lake Worth. Newspapers reported the alleged sightings, including one in which the monster landed on a man's car after jumping out of a tree <laughs> and another in which it threw an automobile tire at a group of people. Dick. New- I know, yeah. And newspapers also published a photograph purportedly taken of a creature by Alan Plaster. That's made up. And local oh. <laughs> and locals began driving out to the lake at night to get a look at it. It does sound made up, doesn't, doesn't it? Alan it? Alan Plaster. Plaster. It sounds Hi, like someone was given Plaster. their name and they looked at the counter and there was like Plaster's band-aids on top. <laughs> um, 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 Alan, um, 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 Plaster. <laughs> Although if it's America, it'd probably be Alan Band-Aid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unless he was seeing someone getting fucking their cast on or plaster oh, in the house. Ah, true. Yeah. Uh, Local police investigated the claims but found no evidence of the monster in the Lake Worth and Greer Island area. According to one reporter, the Goatman legend was spread via summer camp stories where camp counsellors told children to listen carefully and you'll hear his cry on clear nights like tonight. Okay, you win. You're just showing off now, though. This goat man is clearly not the animal we are talking about today. Yeah, but who doesn't want to hear a story about a half man, half goat? True. I wonder if he anything to man bear pig. Yeah, and now you're just being silly. Moving on and back to your bog. I was about to say your Boggy Creek monster, but he's not your Boggy Creek monster. Our he's Boggy, our Boggy Creek, Creek monster. monster. <laughs> I do have one more, though. It seems very close to the folk monster if you want to hear it. Go for it. 
part. So the Honey Island Swamp Monster, also known as the Cajun Sasquatch, is an ape-like humanoid creature similar to descriptions of Bigfoot. And it's purported to inhabit the Honey Island Swamp in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana. And it's become part of Louisiana folklore. No, see, to me, if you're going to make a Winnie the fucking Pooh horror movie... Do it about the Honey, honey Island, Island Swamp Monster. Monster. Honey, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love honey that does uh, that looks already fucking... That it's often said uh, to be a misidentified bear. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Now, the creature is commonly described by alleged witnesses as a large bipedal humanoid, about seven feet tall, covered with grey hair, having yellow or red eyes, and accompanied by a putrid odour. Oh, can I say what its name is? What, the, what its nickname is? Yes. It's just like all we were talking about Freddy earlier, right? The, the dog, and I was going to get Chewy. Uh-huh. This one is called the Louisiana Wookie, also known as the, the thing. thing. <laughs> but I want to hang out with the. I'll have a beer with the Louisiana Wookie. I won't let my fucking missus around the Louisiana Wookie because she has a thing for Wookies, but you have a thing. <laughs> you sound like you're jealous of her. You won't drop her. <laughs> you, you are not to be left alone with Black Chrysanthemum. That's it. I feel safe around Chewbacca, but Black Chrysanthemum, I reckon. Uh, I trust your instincts, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Other local names for the creature include the Louisiana... Oh, yeah, like you said, the Louisiana Wookiee and the thing. Uh, alleged plaster casts of footprints said to be from the creature showcase four toes and not a natural trait found to primates who possess five. But still one more than the folk monster. Falk monster who has... Three. So let's look into this and see if we can figure this out. Yep. So prior to the 20th century, several alleged sightings in the general area related to a large hairy creature circulated in 1851 reported in the Memphis Enquirer. And in 1856, it was reported by the Cato Gazette. Local residents claim that the creature had roamed the area since 1964, but those sightings have not been reported. Local folklore also holds that the creature can be further traced back to the sightings of maybe around 1946. Most early sightings were allegedly in the region of Jonesville as the creature was known as the Jonesville monster during this period. In 1955, the creature was allegedly spotted by a 14-year-old boy who described it as having reddish-brown hair, sniffing the air, and not reacting when it was fired upon with birdshot. Investigator Joe Nickel observed that the description was consistent with a misidentified black bear. Yeah, so I mentioned Joe Nickel a lot <coughs> in a creepy pasta crypt, uh, especially when I'm talking about cryptids, and he's an American skeptic and investigator of the paranormal. So he doesn't believe in any of this stuff. He's a skeptic. I'd say if he found hard proof, hard, he'd be like, so right, he's like, um, he's like uh, Aiden Gillen's cat when he was playing J. Allen Hynek in yeah, Project yeah, Blue yeah, Book. Yeah. And uh, that's a true story, too. The J. Allen Hynek went, was hired by the FBI to essentially go out and to try and disprove, debunk mm. um, UFO stuff. And that was his job. That was his job title. And he was a complete skeptic going out. And he came back 
from Project Blue Book a full on believer of aliens. So oh, they yeah, took a yeah, fucking yeah. complete unbeliever whose job was to disprove all of this. Yeah. And he left there going, no, 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 no. They're real. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> like Joe, Joe's been involved Joe's in uh, the crystal like, skulls, the spontaneous human combustion, the Mackenzie house. There's loads that he's been, huge, huge things that he's been involved with, with collaborators that he's Do you been. think that we could cover Joe Nickel in an episode of Digging with Bones sometime? I mean, we can because he does a lot of forensic investigations as well, so that would be very interesting. That'd be a nice one to cover, all right? Isn't it? Yep. I'm definitely. really looking forward to this show. People, you have no idea if I, if real monsters isn't enough to get you over the Patreon. I I know Amy and I know her fucking passion for history and history projects and stuff and anything to do with bones. So this girl is going to dig deep mm. into this stuff and it's going to be good. I mean, the first episode already sounding great. So I am. It's not morbid though. The way you said no, bones, no, no, no. it's more of as in like bones can tell you. You can you can tell even if, if a, a person history. was drowned. Yeah, either, you can a tell a whole life podcast. from a bone. Like it, obviously, it's going to have a horrific twist on it because of who we are yeah. but it, it's it's going to be a history podcast and I'm just looking forward to it because I know how passionate you are about it and it's it's going to be fun I'm looking forward to listening Yay. to it and that <laughs> is coming hopefully next week if not next week definitely the week after but we're hoping next week, week. Yeah. we are hoping it's coming next week on Patreon because behind the mask I've got the bones of it done out already <laughs> <laughs> oh that joke <laughs> So the Falk Monster first made local headlines in 1971 when it was reported to have attacked the home of Bobby and Elizabeth Ford on May 2nd, 1971. According to Elizabeth Ford, the creature, she, which she initially thought was a bear, reached through a screen window that night while she was sleeping on the couch. <laughs> See, that's another thing that creeps this shit Bears do do that, though. It could have been a bear. Oh, but just in general. I know that, but yeah. just thought as well in general of having a window open and feeding something coming and fucking touch yeah. it like fuck oh, yeah, yeah. hell according to Elizabeth Ford the creature which she initially thought was a bear reached through the screen window that night while she was sleeping on the couch it was chased away by her husband and his brother Don during the alleged encounter the Fords fired several gunshots at the creature and believed they had hit it there was no traces of blood found though afterwards an extensive search of the area failed to locate the creature but three toad footprints were found close to the house as well as scratch marks on the porch and damage to the window and house could lighting. it be an ostrich <laughs> three toes back to reaching in over the window it's neck going in <laughs> I'm pretty sure birds have those flares oh, maybe <laughs> according to the Fords they had heard something moving around outside late that night several nights prior but had lived in the house for less than a week and never encountered a creature before so I suppose maybe they thought it was just the regular houses the whole setting the house like, noises yeah. area I mean especially in a rural area you know yourself we live out in a rural area you hear animals sometimes it, you know, so it wouldn't be out of the ordinary especially in America mm. to hear something like Jump raccoons. Oh, come here. Swords, if you hear a deer bear, at night and you do deer. not know you're in the same area, area as deer, they are creepy. They oh, are yeah. very creepy. Like, I mean, where we're living, I mean, we have a heard the cats outside the front who are like, what is Yeah, we have a cuckoo that shows up every year. Well, no, it's obviously probably mightn't be the same cuckoo, but it's probably the same cuckoo family because it's going to the same area. It gets to the stage where if we don't hear it, it's nearly disappointing. Like last year, we didn't think it came back and then it opened the window. We're like, oh, it is back. So during the summer, we'd be lying in bed because me and Amy 
Germany where we're obviously because of the uh, we've said what time we record these podcasts at multiple times and it's like but it gets bright night. early in the summers we, and we open the windows we're, we're, early in the morning what I'm like, saying is yeah. we're, we're night olds I am yeah. especially Amy struggles on she, she just nice tries to keep up with me she does well I'm a li- I can stay a little longer than she can but she, but she, then I'm up with, oh yeah yeah you beat the shit out of me when it gets uh, it gets to get. No, I have no motivation to get out of bed. I I just cannot pull myself out of a fucking bed and climb awake awake. Like, I know, right? It's fucking hard. You are fucking motivated. I, I I look at you and I'm like, how the fuck did she do? It? Especially when we didn't go to bed till like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but um, I'm not even cranky. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but we hear these animals, so we hear the cuckoo like yeah. you know, in the middle of the night. So you would hear animals around the house. So I mean, why would they? Especially if they're only there a week, why wouldn't you be like? Yeah, but eh. if one of them reached in over the window, then that I hasn't take issue. Oh. This was just they said they're saying over the few days prior oh, to this happening, okay. they had heard noises oh, around you, the, the property, yeah. but they had just moved in, so they wasn't. They, they didn't know what the noises mm-hmm. were. They didn't know whether they were usual noises or unusual noises because they weren't gotcha. there long enough yet. Okay. The creature was allegedly sighted again on May 23rd, 1971, when three people, D.C. Woods Jr., Wilma Woods, and Mrs. R.H. Sedgas, reported seeing an ape-like creature crossing U.S. Highway 71. More sighting, report, sighting reports were made over the following months by local residents and tourists who found additional footprints. The best-known footprints were found by a soybean field belonging to local filling station owner Scott Keith. They were scrutinized by game warden Carl Gallion. Galleon, that's right, yeah, yeah, who was unable to confirm their authenticity. You kind of got into this a little bit on Real Monsters, so we won't talk about mm-hmm. it much here, because we do talk mm-hmm. about Real Monsters, but we you, we talk about how they know the difference between a real Bigfoot. Yeah, it was basically a, a forensic, a forensic scientist explained yeah. the difference. Like, yeah. But you, we explained like, how you can see the potential real footprint over a fake one, fake one. every time. Yeah. And, uh, how, Most like, no, 90% of the time. These days, though, they did pretty much. That we were talking about, when we were talking about, we were talking about a guy that was doing it back in the 70s. Oh, these yeah. days, I mean, I think we both agreed on real monsters that did uh, a real forensic scientist these days, but what we know, would walk up, take one look at the thing I and be like, like, yeah, that's bullshit. If it was me, though, replicating a Bigfoot footprint, I think what I do now is get like a silicone mold, I put it onto my feet so that it, it's things. simulating the yeah, how. Yeah, I would just would say that's move. probably something we didn't think about when we yeah. talked about real monsters, that whereas... We have better technology, technology now, too. is better now yeah. as well, to fool people, so that's a uh, good point. Fucking hell, huh? That's why you're the brains of the outfit. Watch now, there's going to be Bigfoot sightings in next <laughs> <laughs> The incident began to attract substantial interest after news spread about the Ford sighting. Uh, the, Little, uh, the Little Rock, Arkansas radio station KAAY posted a $1,090 bounty on the creature. $1,090? Uh, why not Justin even grand, though? Why the 90? Like the guy two weeks ago who wouldn't kill Jaws the Shark for less than 10 grand when the town off for only two but okay. in this case the guy is like i value my life at more than a grand you make it a grand and 90 bucks i'm in the 70s <laughs> though how much is that 90 bucks worth <laughs> do you know a thousand and a thousand and ninety well yes <laughs> several attempts were made to track the creature with dogs but they were unable to follow its scent i have another thought 
thing about dogs with this monster later, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. When hunters began to take interest in the Falk monster, Miller County Sheriff Leslie Greer was forced to put a temporary no-guns policy in place in order to preserve public safety. In 1971, three people were fined $59 each for filling, uh, filing a, f- a fraudulent monster report. Right. Number one, imagine needing a penalty or record for filing a fraudulent monster claim. All right. Number two, why can't they round anything in this town? $59. (laughs) Why not just 60? Is it to make it seem cheaper? Oh, we're getting a good deal. (laughs) $59.99. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good one. All right, fucking fraud. Uh, it, it, like, how can they be? Was there like a law there for, or was it just wasting police time? Wasting police time, done for, but probably well, wasted. I just well, technically they were done for wasting police time. <laughs> but it's, 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 I know, need to look into it. Filing yeah. a fraudulent monster claim. <laughs> okay. After an initial surge of attention, public interest in the creature decreased until it gained national recognition in the 1973. In 1973, when Charles B. Pierce released a documentary film about the creature called The Legend of Boggy Creek. In 1974, interest had waned again, and sightings all but stopped, only to begin again in 1977 when tracks were reportedly found by two brothers prospecting in Russellville, Arkansas. That same year, a sighting was reporting in Cossett, Arkansas. During this period, the creature was blamed for missing livestock and attack on several dogs. That wasn't what I was going to talk about. There's more on that later. Okay. Several locals from the small town of Falk, Arkansas, recall their stories, claiming that the creature has killed many large animals over the years. One farmer claims that the beast carried off two of his 100-pound hogs with little effort, leaping a fence with the animals tucked under his arm. And one family claimed that a family cat encountered the monster and died of fright. How could they know that, though? No idea. Either way, as I said, the monster seemed to go into hiding again until 1977 when or being seen sparingly here and there by various residents and attention seekers in Falk County. And as you can imagine, most of the reported sightings were met with rolled eyes. You see, the people of Falk weren't like the people of Roswell or Willow Creek. They didn't want the attention at the time. I know I said later on they, they, they're capitalizing on it these days, but at the time... Uh-uh. We didn't talk about the Falk Monster. Okay. But as with all cryptid legends, comes amateur cryptozoologists for their great expeditions and study into the unknown. Obviously not what the Falk residents want to see. Though. No. They were happy living a quiet life in a quiet county. In fact, older residents of the town were known to get shifty at the mention of the Boggy Creek Monster, usually denying its existence while exchanging where he looks with one another. Kind of like... Uh, how I described on Summer Isle yeah. with uh, with uh, the, the Wicker Man cult. Yeah. And when, uh, Re- well, what was her name again? Was it Re- that She was in Regan as well, was she? I can't know. Rowan. 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 When Rowan was missing and uh, she was mentioning all the old men started glancing at each other all shifty. That's the way the old men got around uh, Boggy Creek. Rowan is an Irish response. for, that's for Irish for sea. I was just about to ask, was it Irish for rabbit? Because that would have been a coincidence. Rowan. Ron and Ron. I can't remember now. Because it's a rabbit that's in the coffin. It's a hare. Oh. So, hare in Irish is a gira, which I remember. And a rabbit 
And Irish is Kaneen. Oh, Kaneen. Oh, so Rowan is a seal, I'm pretty sure. Ro- it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Fuck, that's why we're getting confused. Rowan is a seal. Or Ofada and yeah. Rowan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It will be three years from the Woods family incident before more near indisputable proof of the creature would come to light again. As three children came across the beast as it was being hunted by two men in the middle of a storm. Now, why are they out looking for Big Bay Tire this in this weather like yeah <laughs> big betai i love that name another name for the creature i had forgotten about and that's why it's called creepy pasta crypt with amy rose and not with dr smokenstein <laughs> so before we get to these uh hunter guys you kind of alluded to the fact that although the older generation play off the monster uh, the monster off as a hoax they still seem to believe in it amongst themselves it had only been three years. Most of the community could still remember what happened the last time the monster was seen. Plus, the older generation were superstitious anyway, as you know yourself. Mm. I mean, the older generation here in Ireland. I mean, oh, yeah. Catholics rule supreme because of superstition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the older generations. Mm-hmm. So they'd lie to outsiders and say they didn't believe it to try and discourage them from going looking. But between themselves, they'd be very wary of going into those woods alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's honesty time. We have a confession to make. We suck at socials. No good at Insta. Can't send a tweet or an X or whatever that super villain looking motherfucker is calling it now. Stick to your space cars, Elon. But we know you want to chat. You want to be kept updated. You want to be alive alive all the goddamn time. So we're getting down from the anti-social soapbox and giving this a try. So come chat to us on Insta and Twitter at Alive Alive Pod or hit us up by email at It's Alive Alive Pod at gmail.com we want to hear from you tell us what you like what you don't like this is a project it's still a work in progress and we just want to give you more what you like and less of what you can't stand so give us a like give us a follow we'll always hit you back and we'll always try to reply to everyone so come say hi we don't bite well at least Amy doesn't and she keeps me well fed so you got nothing to worry about now back to the show (laughs) so it was the summer of 77 when Henry Perkins was picnicking with his family on boggy creek the day had been a night pretty nice but standard you know ordinary nothing out of the fucking ordinary day until henry's son chris began to call for his father charlie which was his son was pointing in the direction of a hulking hairy figure in the distance Henry, oh, she's fucking pouring her nuts out now. She, she's oh, hungry. <laughs> pouring her nuts out all over my story. <laughs> it is not good podcast etiquette to be eaten. Oh, what did you? She's doing it now to rub it in my face. She'd see the look on her face right now. It's defiant. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a defiant face. You are emotionally stifled if you think that's a defiant face. Anyway, Henry estimated that it must have been at least seven foot tall going on the scale of the trees in his eye line being a photographer henry raced his car for his camera but he was too late when he returned that the beast had bolted into the brush and out of sight henry spent another hour or two combing the area with his camera but eventually gave up wanting to get his family out of the area before dark that was a smart i mean as curious as you might be get the kid out of there first like that was exactly the plan or at least it was the plan that came together Henry was driving through Falk and he had to stop to refuel and to let his family stretch their legs a little bit. And so they gave a walk around the fish mart and it was kind of a bit of a festival atmosphere going on at the time. Now, apparently, Henry says he was told it wasn't a festival, but he said it looked like a festival. Everyone was out. There was a big crowd out. There was music. There was games. There was fun. And there was a fishing competition going on. Yeah. 
It was here Henry encountered Bruno Cusimano, a highly unlikable local man who had just lost the fishing competition to a few kids. Oh, shit. It was from this bruised ego that Bruno announced to an audience of onlookers that he would take Henry out to Boggy Creek and let, and let alone will he get him a photograph, but he will also get the beast's head. And he swore to kill it on sight. Two old men from the area knew better and advised against the escapade, but Henry was steadfast that he wanted to get a picture of this animal. Of course he would. Like, that would make his career. Like, the photographer that discovered a new species of animal, he'd be fucking, he'd be a millionaire. Like. Yeah, but the old men, Bertram Landry and Beauregard Digdry, affectionately known as Grandpa Landry and Uncle Bo by close friends and family, warned that with a storm brewing that the monster would be on the move and that its strength and speed would leave the men at a distinct disadvantage. Grandpa Landry told Henry all about how his son had got into the creek to go fishing one day and never came back and how he was convinced the monster had gotten him. Why? Was he found mangled or something? No, he just wasn't found full stop. So what makes him so sure he was killed by the monster and not just a fish accident? Nobody. He reckoned that if it was an accident, the body would have shown up on the creek. But when there was no sign of a man, he became convinced a big bay tie got him. And this would have been around the same time as the 73 incident. So we were in Boggy Creek hysteria at the time. The two men also claimed that the beast, this is what I was talking about earlier, was surrounded by 40 dogs at one time and he killed every last one. One of them. <laughs> big big tie ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a song. Big big tie ain't nothing to fuck with. Big big tie. <laughs> the next day, Perkins and Bruno took off on their hike in search of big big ties despite the storm warnings. They would track the beast through the woods, but would ultimately be unsuccessful in capturing proof of the monster's existence. In the meantime, the kids that beat Bruno at the fishing competition just happened to be the grandchildren of Bertram Landry. Evie Joe, 12, and John Paul, 9. Now, these kids grew up on Boggy Creek, and fishing was a daily activity for the brother and sister, who would be often found on the creek with their mute friend that they called T-Fish. What a name, T-Fish. Was that his actual name? <laughs> Nickname, I assume. He's mute. It's not like he could go up and introduce himself. Maybe he just went like that. <laughs> anyway, the same thing. For people who oh, couldn't yeah. see you. I keep forgetting. <laughs> people can't see us. She did a T with her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> the same day Perkins and Bruno went out on the hunt, the three kids went to their usual fishing hole. So they used to go to this fishing hole on the creek with uh, Uncle Bo and Grandpa Landry. Okay. And Uncle Bo used to have what he called catfish Kool-Aid. And this was basically a mix that he made, this secret kind of bait that he made mm-hmm. that lured in the catfish okay. and like a guaranteed catch. This is why the kids beat Bruno earlier on at the thing because they were using Because they had magic bait. They were using yeah. the catfish Kool-Aid. Okay. Now, I don't even know what was in this fully. I know there was Tabasco sauce in it and deep bottom moss is what they call it. Oh, that goes but in the bottom of the bed? Must have been, yeah. But he wouldn't, he never, apparently Uncle Bone never revealed what the third ingredient was to this Coke. <laughs> Methamphetamines. <laughs> Turning the fucking fish into crackheads. Yeah, so exactly. Like you do with the sharks. <laughs> Cocaine shark, yeah. yeah. Want to know more about that? Check out the episode from two weeks ago? Yep.
Two weeks yeah, ago? Two weeks, two weeks ago? ago sh- two weeks ago. Sharks, jaws <laughs> even. Sharks. Um, so while out on the lake, the storm began to brew fast, causing wind to launch a projectile right at Grandpa Landry, Landry's. I keep going to call him Landry's. Landry's head. Grandpa Landry's Knock- laundry. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> well, he got knocked the fuck out anyway. I assume by a fucking falling branch or something along those lines. Bo rushed him back to the house for first aid, but when he returned to the creek... The kids were missing. Oh, please don't let this be the first violent Bigfoot story I hear, and it's against kids. Hang tough. All is not what it seems. Ooh. Perkins and Bruno claim to have come across the monster in the height of the storm, running from it, finding refuge in a small abandoned shack. They also found the kids, who were also trying to... Weather the storm and hide from the bellowing beast outside. Mm. Evie Joe says she remembers seeing a huge figure eclipse the doorway, its red eyes glowing in the dark. She said it swatted the two adult men to the ground and turned its attention to her. The kids instinctively ran for their rowboat. A rowboat in a star, they're going to drown running from the fright. As they boarded the boat, they felt a heavy thud at the other end of the boat. Big Bape Ty had dumped the unconscious body of his hunters into the rowboat. Then through the wind, rain and current, allegedly dragged the boat all the way back to the mainland before disappearing back into the depths of Boggy Creek. See? They're always nice, and that's something that I stick by. If their Bigfoot was real, if if I was presented with hard, hard evidence, I would believe that the Bigfoot is a hundred percent a friendly, as in unless well, you, never, you fuck with us. Never ever heard of a yeah. Bigfoot attack. Yeah. I mean, it, you could kind of argue that the first one we spoke about there was it just was. Mm-hmm. creeping around the house and these guys started firing guns at it mm-hmm. so i mean who is the aggressor here i'd like to believe they probably have a better moral compass than us. i mean you know yeah. watch king kong you'll get it <laughs> okay before we get into one more major investigation do you want to hear some more local boggy creek monster stories does the pope wear a silly hat Fucking yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so local tales include a local rancher who, while having lunch, mysteriously lost his herd of cattle and saw a creature leave the scene. Okay. I, I mean, I, I mean, these are brief stories. I, I don't have much evidence or backstory in this, so this I don't know how he lost his entire herd of cattle. I heard that <laughs> as a local rancher who lost his lunch. I was like, wow. Do you know what I picture? I picture Wiley Coyote and the dog. In the cartoons, you know, where, where they, they meet at the clock in station every morning, every afternoon. It's like, <laughs> no. hey, Marv, hey, why <laughs> they And they take their roles as the, the sheepdog and the coyote hey. for the day and try to go after the sheep. That's what this reminds me of. That the rancher just happened to take his lunch break and Wiley Coyote just ran in and grabbed all the cattle and moved on out and finally won one. <laughs> Uh, another local man who encountered the creature while repairing his flat tire. Um, the man was rendered unconscious in the encounter and never came out of it. Do you think he fucked up while he was changing his tire, knocked himself out, somebody found him and he was like, oh, do you know what that was? It well, was see, that was it. I, had a, I was just about to say, my, I had a better fucking question and that was, how do we know what made the unconscious man unconscious yeah. if, he was on, if he was on his own Careful. and never woke up? somebody had to come up with oh he never came out of us oh yeah so he couldn't report us so yeah some of these uh, again it's look was there three total footprints in the vicinity then I'd understand it like I said these are brief like clips I've gotten it's hard to get a lot on the Boggy Creek monster there's bits and pieces I found one website and I'll get into more local or more 
in depth. modern ones later okay uh not much later because we're fucking running on i thought this was going to be a 40 minute episode we're at an hour and a half oh, now. Two hours. <laughs> <laughs> we're having fun though mm-hmm. we're having fun just keep going uh the local authority a local authority who was in an outhouse that was attacked by a creature soiling his pants in the end in the encounter again it sounds like someone who shit his pants and said oh well. <laughs> i thought about a greek monster i swear, swear. <laughs> and just shit my pants shit my pants <laughs> too much moonshine <laughs> and a local sheriff who encountered a creature behind his home following a fishing trip the creature and its young ran off with the sheriff's catch this is the story Lockhart has come to investigate again it sounds like someone who didn't have good luck fishing and didn't want to be shown up and was like that's the monster I don't know because you see this Lockhart fella Who's Lockhart? Yeah, his doctor, Brian Lockhart. This is this. Uh, this is what he's come to investigate. Okay. He received. He is um, the professor of anthropology in the University of Arkansas. Okay. He received the call from the sheriff about the recent sighting, and himself, along with his student assistants Tim, Tanya, and Leslie, went to Fork to investigate. While talking with locals, Lockhart was met with resistance and disbelief by most. Of those willing to talk to him, he was directed to speak with Old Man Crenshaw, who lives in lived in a shack along the riverbank. Lockhart leased a boat and took off to meet with Crenshaw. Crenshaw was a sexagenarian man. Sexagenarian, so he was in his sixties. Yeah, I got that. I just. I was struggling saying it. <laughs> Fitting the stereotypical notion of a hillbilly or a mountain man living alone on his property. So we were talking about outsiders earlier on. It was like outsiders, but he lived alone. Okay. So he was a mountain man. In what mountains, Josh? Huh? In what mountains? Were the outsiders? Well, oh, yeah, well, he wasn't a mountain man, but obviously he was a creek man. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you'd be able to say Appalachians again. Appalachians. Oh. I was only able to do that because you did it before me. <laughs> What's the name of the mountains? Appalachian. Oh, shit. I'll try again in 10 minutes. So, while somewhat welcoming to Lockhart and his entourage... Uh, Crenshaw still seemed unwilling to talk too much about the creature or why he was maintaining a series of bonfires on his land. A severe storm closed in and made uh, made heading back down the river dangerous, forcing Lockhart and the students to stay the night at Crenshaw's cabin. No, I I say cabin. This is a fucking shed. Like, yeah, this is what what they say. One, two, three, four. There's five of them in a little shed. Yeah. Believing Lockhart to be a medical doctor. Because I, I suppose he must be a, a doctor to be a professor. I'm not, I'm oh, not yeah. sure he might have a been a doctor. PhD, doctor. like, yeah. But uh, anyway, we, wires got fucking crossed and Crenshaw believed that, that he was a... Maybe he thought when he said he was a professor, he thought he was a doctor. Mm. But Crenshaw enlisted his help in tending to an animal he had caught. Mm-hmm. To Lockhart's amazement, it was an adolescent creature. Lockhart determined that the adult creature had been more hostile in the area recently due to the capture of its child who is now near death now I realise I have written that and I'm not very clear about what I'm speaking about they have caught we said earlier on about the sheriff reported seeing a grown and an adolescent yeah boggy creek monster or falk monster taking his fish away yeah so what we're seeing here is that there was an increase in violence from the Boggy Creek monster at the time. Yeah. And what Lockhart had realized is when he found the injured 
adolescent monster okay. on Crenshaw's property okay. that the mama, mama basically Big Bay Tai, the mama, yeah. mama Big Bay Tai was pretty pissed off okay. that she couldn't find her kid. Yeah. And that's why it was acting violently and being seen more in I'd the area. Violently if I couldn't find my kid. And it was being violent, yeah, because it was worried about his kid. But the kid, like, at this point, the kid, I keep saying the kid. The, 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 the child. The, yeah, what it was. It was it's a child, child, Bigfoot, a baby yeah. Bigfoot, was, uh, according to Lockhart, allegedly, who yeah. saw this thing, was on death's door. Okay. So it wasn't doing good. So allegedly, he claims that he did the only thing he thought was right at the time, and that was he kind of commandeered Crenshaw's gun and ammo and returned the adolescent to the adult creature. So this guy's claiming, oh, he had a full encounter with the the, the Boggy Creek monster. Okay. That he was there in person, kind of basically, well, no, he says the fucking creature was knocking on the front door to get the fucking... The child. Break it down the front door. But, uh, you know, he basically handed it back. And once he handed it back, the monster walked off back into the creek. And that was it. There was no hassle and there was no issue from it again for quite a while. So is that it? Like, has, has it just disappeared since the last story? I mean, that story must be from what? Like the 80s? 83. Okay. I had a little look at falkmonster.net and it keeps some regular updates on creature sightings. So, in 2010, while driving late one evening, a married couple saw a large hairy creature run on two legs across the road. Light precipitation was falling, but the figure was visible in the headlights as it made its way across the pavement and into the trees beyond. The couple turned the car around to get a better look, but were only able to get one final glimpse of the creature standing in the trees before it disappeared into the darkness. In 2011, a couple was driving in Genoa. Genoa. Genoa, is it? Yeah, like Italy. Genoa, okay. Around nine miles from Falk at around 7.30pm. As they drove down an old county road, they saw some sort of bipedal creature jumping through the thick brush and run across the road in plain sight. It quickly disappeared into the woods, running in the direction of Old Bitty Lake. <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs> like the Old Bitty Lake. <laughs> Uh, also in 2011, a nearby resident saw a large bipedal creature with a dark, with dark first standing next to a hay bale as she drove down a county road late one evening. As the car approached the creature, suddenly darted across the road, running very fast on two legs. This motherfucker is crossing roads all over the place and getting caught. <laughs> Just stop crossing the road. <laughs> Just find other ways away. Cross. The creature came with him three to four feet of the car causing the driver to hit the brakes before it disappeared into the brush and on the other side of the road more recently in 2018 two females witnessed were witnesses were driving north on rural highway 71 in the early evening when they saw a large upright figure run across the road in approximately four strides see again across the road as they passed across the road here in four strides the road out front. Oh, a rural yeah. road, yeah, yeah. yeah. As they passed by in their car, they could see it running down the middle of the road, which runs perpendicular to the highway. They quickly turned around, but by the time they got back to the side of the road, the figure was already out of sight. Whatever it was, it was moving quickly and had great agility. You wouldn't say a bear would have great agility. No, not in, its, no. not in its hind legs, no. No. No, no. If it was down on all fours, maybe, but not, not while it was... Cash? Even then, yeah, cash? maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, oh, and its back legs, nah. definitely not. You'd have to be taught a monkey, have to be some sort of 
primate. Like. Yeah. In 2019, a hunter was scanning the air an area of woods with his binoculars when he caught sight of a dark figure at the end of a game trail about 150 yards away. It appeared to be at least six foot tall and covered in long matted black hair. He described it as muscular but not thick in the torso. Well, you see Bigfoot then it would be kind of thick in the torso because they're seen as having like really so no legs simple, like so it? it'd be like yeah. yeah yeah also in 2019 a young witness claims to have seen a monkey man in the woods while sitting in her father's truck along one of the rural roads at night the location is near the Sulphur River where many sightings of the alleged falk monster has been reported over the years lastly in 2021 a witness reports seeing a hairy ape-like creature run across a country road during daylight hours he describes it as looking like an orangutan with reddish, reddish hair, hair which is funny because if you look at our episode of real monsters on patreon i do believe you make the comparison between bigfoot and orangutans the orangutans so basically they're in indonesia i can't remember the full name for a bigfoot in indonesia but it starts with the word orang and orang in indonesian means man so orangutan is a hairy man or, yeah, so yeah. there we go save the rest of it for real monsters yeah, yeah, unless you've already heard it because we had to put it up for free because we were late but I mean, we made fucking up for it like I said I thought well, this was going to be a 40 minute episode we're at an hour 40 I don't minutes, just so. talk about orangutans there's a lot no, more isn't it? a few days after the same witness saw a red coloured animal a re- or, or sorry a few days after that witness saw a red coloured animal a researcher saw what appeared to be a large red animal move across the woods near Mercer Bayou during daylight hours so the elusive ape man still roams the brush of boggy creek leaving no trace just stories and if you want more stories then you can go check out our patreon like i just said for real monsters where we dig a little deeper into the bigfoot phenomenon and also next week we are hoping next week that you will have the new horrific Mm. history show playing with bones with amy rose and you got a good one ready for us right yeah, I think so. As in, uh, I think it's, it's they're just starting off with bizarre deaths, and then we go from there. Cool. Can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be fucking awesome. Can't wait. With everything on Patreon, you should be well busy for the week. Give giving us enough time to uh, pump out some more content for your thirsty ear holes. Until then, yeah. don't forget to like and subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Audible, Google Pod, Acast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, you can follow us on all socials at Alive Alive Pod or follow my personal pages at Amy Rose IAS for some great content and podcast updates. It's Alive Alive Podcast, all the guts and go and the guilt. See you all next time. Same Alive Alive time, same Harvard channel. Love you. Bye bye. Okay, lady, I love you. Bye bye.